Hello and welcome in to NCBI's Technology Podcast. This is episode number 27 for August 2014. Very nice to be back with you once again. My name is Stuart Lawler. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology podcast. Hope you're going to stay with us over the next 49 or so minutes because Kerry Doyle's along to tell us about the Visually Impaired Computer Society of Ireland's upcoming Technology Weekend in September. I'll be chatting with Eric Damery about all that's new in JAWS version 16 from Freedom Scientific. We meet Brian Harchton and Lulu Keel, who have developed a really interesting and innovative product called Lisi, and we even get a demo. Finally, Marie Maria Della Quente from a company called Soundface is with us to talk about their new app for iOS to make Facebook more accessible. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. First up this month, I think everyone agrees that an environment where peer learning and peer support is facilitated is something well worth being involved with. Self-help groups have always been a part of using technology, allowing people to grow at their own pace and get support from similar users. Well, VIX, the Visually Impaired Computer Society of Ireland, is no different. We've mentioned them briefly on this podcast before, but this month they're announcing details of a very exciting weekend in September. Joining me on Skype is their chair, wearing yet another hat, Kerry Doyle. Kerry, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. Good Stuart. to have you again. Good to have you <clears throat> again. Um, so, so maybe just before we, we talk about the um, the weekend, and it is very exciting, just tell us a little bit about VIX. Okay, well, VIX was formed um, back in the 1980s and 1986, and um, the reason really for its formation in the first place was that there wasn't the wealth of services um, that are offered by NCBI now there at that stage. And so um, we basically were formed in order to fill a gap, which was, um, you know, as you said, um, technology training and, and users kind of helping users, that, that kind of thing. Um, and basically, I suppose we exist for um, the blind technology enthusiast really that that's what our function is and we also um do some training events and we have an email list um so really there's a a lot of ways uh, people can get involved and it's a great place for technology enthusiasts to just come together and in some cases help each other in some cases just share information um so that's kind of the the story of VIX in, in a nutshell, I suppose. Okay, and I think a lot of people have said to me, <coughs> Kerry, about VIX, especially in the last couple of years, because, you know, we'd be working with a lot of people who are receiving training through NCBI. And when we put them in touch with VIX, because it's very important to say that VIX and NCBI uh, would be working very closely together, people say there's just a lovely kind of connection. They've got some training from NCBI, then they go and do some more exploring and connect with users who are doing similar things. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think um, we do have a very healthy relationship, um, the two organizations, which is, you know, very important because it means if somebody gets some training from you guys or vice versa, that they can say, you know, I've gotten some training from NCBI or VIX and each person will complement what the other has done or each organization rather would complement what the other has done. So um, I think definitely, you know, we do have a very uh, close relationship and rightly so, I think. 
Okay. So uh, you're, you're organising, um, which I, but I was just chatting about it off air. It's a really, really good idea. A residential weekend in September in Mayo. Tell us a bit about it. Yes. So um, first of all, I suppose um, the reason why it's in Mayo is because we historically, we've never done anything in that part of the country. And so we wanted to give everybody a chance to come along and get involved with VIX and um, it's open to everybody, members and non-members alike and we are very much, um, we support every user of technology in whatever stage they are in. So be it somebody that's recently acquired their vision loss or somebody that's um, a seasoned technology user but again that likes the kind of um, ethos of what VIX is all about um you know really we support everybody and we welcome everybody no matter what your stage of technology use is um so basically this is um a weekend in which there'll be some training we're going to have our agm as well um we're hoping to have some very exciting people come uh, to the weekend and speak about some really interesting uh, topics we're still finalizing all of that so we can't really say too much about that um but basically the reason why I wanted to come on and talk about it, um, Stuart, is just that people can put the date in their diary and know kind of where it is and that kind of stuff. So um, it should be, uh, hopefully, if everyone attends, which we hope they will, it should be a very exciting weekend and great for the social aspect as well as the um, kind of technology uh, training perspective as well. Okay, and and the the date just is, is the nineteenth of of September. Is that right? The Friday. That's right. Yeah. So um, we're having the weekend from the nineteenth to the twenty first. Um, basically, what we're asking is that people would arrive on the night of or the evening rather of the nineteenth of September. We're doing um the AGM and our training and workshops on the twentieth, and then on the twenty first, basically, it's going to just be a bit of a, a networking kind of a day, and everyone will be free, obviously, to uh, stay as long uh, as they wish or leave whenever they wish as well. And so, we're just um, we wanted to be a weekend event because we realised that for some people to travel. Uh, to that part of the country is quite a distance. So that's why we're asking everybody to arrive on the 19th so that we will be able to kind of get things uh, started uh, promptly on the morning of the 20th, which is what we're hoping to do, start in the morning and go, go kind of till early evening. Okay, and the location is Castle Bar, is it? Yeah, so um, it's happening in the Harlequin Hotel in Castle Bar and um, they are being made aware that, you know, There'll be a, a, a number of visually impaired people stay there, hopefully, and they're being made aware of everything that they need to know in order to facilitate us and everything. So it, sh- it should be uh, a very nice weekend. So it's um, just to recap, it's from the 19th to the 21st of September. Okay, Kerry, if people want more information, maybe they want a book, maybe they're interested in, you know, maybe finding out as time gets nearer, how can they do that? Yeah, if people want to find out more information, um, they can email chairperson at vixireland.org. So that's um, an email address that gets straight through to myself and then I can respond back with any answers to any questions they have. So 
that's uh, the best way to get in touch with us by the email fantastic so drop an email to Kerry chairperson at fixireland.org we're going to do a bit more promotion of this event on the September edition of the podcast so if there is updates they will be carried on this podcast in September and I really wanted to go by the way Kerry because uh, it'd be good to do a report unfortunately I won't be in the country that weekend but yeah. maybe uh, maybe yeah. somebody else can do a report for our podcast that we could put yeah, in a future we'll, edition we'll try and get that sorted out yeah, okay. for anyone that can't come alright Kerry all the best with it we might link in with you guys in September just see how it's going but for the moment thanks a million for joining us thanks a lot to you You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for August 2014. And as promised, we're delighted to be joined once again by Eric Damery. Um, after the year, welcome back, Eric. Thanks, Stuart. Good to be here. And uh, welcome to Ireland. And this is a uh, marvelous place. I really love this. It's only We've only been here for about 48 hours, and we've got about another 48 hours to visit. But uh, it's fantastic. And yesterday was the best day they've had this year in Ireland, they said, for the weather. I think you brought it with you, all right? <laughs> So we've been chatting this morning. We've had a very interactive session with lots of users about JAWS 16 and, and lots of other things, I suppose, around JAWS. Um, but just to touch on a few things that are going to be happening, we'll be entering public beta beginning of September? Correct. Um, we'll post it right around the first week in September, and we usually try and get about eight weeks in a public beta. So right there around the end of October will be the final release. Uh, generally, when we get out to public beta, by the time we get it there... Um, all the features are generally in, and uh, I'm very confident about the testing. So if someone has a JAWS license or doesn't have a JAWS license, feel free to download and install it. Um, uh, tech support will help if there are any installation issues, which I don't anticipate there being. But uh, in general, it should not interfere with the current version of JAWS that you might have installed and be running. That will still stay intact. And uh, you can just try out the new version. Make sure you read through the What's New and listen to the FS cast just before the release, and we'll kind of point you in the right direction and tell you how to use the features. Okay, let's just talk about a couple of those features. There's certainly a few things that I found very interesting, and one of them you talked about this morning is this new um, facility you've put in for searching for JAWS commands, because there are so many of them now. Right, the JAWS command search, and uh, the keystroke that we've set up for this, and I expect that this will not change, so uh, hopefully uh, you'll remember. You go into layered mode with insert space and hit the letter J, and it puts you into a... um, on-screen edit field in an HTML-style window, kind of like the Research It window. And uh, you can just type something in that you're looking for that you want to know. So if you're in Word, for instance, it knows you're in Microsoft Word. And if you type in the word Table and press Enter, the results it will give you are all the JAWS commands associated with Word to do with navigating in Tables. And so if you forgot what what the keyboard command was to do something, or you're just trying to explore around, type something in and start looking at what the results are. Okay, so the great thing is they are application-sensitive. That's right. Okay. And uh, it, it also, it'll search by the text in the display name, but it will also look at the help. So if you've typed in a word and it doesn't find that word in any of the display names, it will also look in the help section for that word or that group of words and it will give you those commands as well and it doesn't necessarily give you the simple basic commands like say character say word say line it's giving you those kinds of things that a user may not know the commands for 
So if you wanted to find text analyzer and you type, type in text or something, you're going to find text analyzer. And if you type in reading, um, it will probably find text analyzer as well because the word reading, I'm sure, is in the help description for okay. it. Okay. So useful um, feature, especially for, I suppose, those of us who, who there's so many commands, so many things in JAWS now that we may not use every day, but we want to, you know, maybe nip into something and find out how to do it. It's a really quick way to access that. Exactly. And, you know, really designed for a novice user, somebody who's fairly good. Not, not, it's not the training tool. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, browsing the internet has been obviously forms mode and uh, uh, more recently the idea of this uh, automatic forms mode coming on and off as you use your, your, your virtual cursor or tabbing around has been a feature of JAWS for several versions, and you're making some changes to the way in which forms mode works. Yes, yeah, so we've kind of split in the difference, and we're creating something we like to call semi-automatic. And uh, if you uh, are in semi-automatic mode, when you're tabbing on a web page, if you run across a form field that you could fill out, it will automatically drop you into forms mode so you can immediately start to type. However, if you're arrowing through the web page, so you're in virtual mode, uh, if you hit a edit field, it will not put you into forms mode. So you won't hear the popping going in and out of forms mode as you're, as you're jumping through this form, whether you're using the arrow keys or navigational quick keys. But uh, you can always just press enter, then fill it out, hit escape to leave and go back to virtual and then keep going. Okay. And it's also probably worth saying, and there's lots of things in JAWS 16, but these are just a few of them, and the last one is probably worth mentioning, uh, those people who are who are still on Windows XP, um, because obviously Microsoft retired XP earlier this year, um, and JAWS 16 is also retiring its support for XP. We are. We've, uh, we've pulled the 16 support out of it, so if you try to install JAWS uh, 16 on Windows XP, it will tell you... Uh, to go and download JAWS 15 and use it instead. Okay. You know, 16 is 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 really. I mean, uh, XP has really gotten retired now by oh. Microsoft. And frankly, we wanted to pull some of the uh, bloat out of JAWS and get it a little more streamlined. So uh, it was time to pull out that XP support. Okay. So lots more information, as you've mentioned, to come on FS Cast, which is your own podcast in in August with Jonathan mm-hmm. and yourself, and Public Beta beginning of September. Very good. All right, Eric, have a great trip. Enjoy the rest of Ireland, and thanks again for talking to us today. Thank you, Stuart. Bye-bye. And many thanks to Eric Damery there for giving us his time while he was in Dublin. Uh, We really had a great uh, session with Freedom Scientific. It was lovely to catch up with Eric and his wife, by the way, um, to have a good chat with them, and of course, hear all about the exciting new features in JAWS 16. I'm certainly looking forward to that product being released, and remember, if you want to get involved with the public beta, uh, keep an eye on freedomscientific.com. It should be out in early September. Now, we love to get email from listeners, and if you want to get in touch, send a message to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. Somebody who did that is a gentleman by the name of Luis Eduardo Pina. Uh, Pina, I think. I, I'm very sorry if I've mispronounced this, Luis. And he says, Hello, Stuart. I have wanted to write to you for a long time to congratulate you on the excellent monthly podcast. It is really helpful, even for people like me who are far away in, in Colombia. I lived in London from 1987 to 1988, doing an internship at the Middlesex Hospital. My visit to the UK had a profound impact in my interest in adaptive technology. Uh, Best regards from Luis. Thank you so much, Luis. I've been in touch with Luis already, and we're going to have this guy on a future podcast. So um, 
keep an eye on that. Also, a lovely message from Martin Lawler, regular listener to the podcast, great guy living in Clontarf. And he says, hello, Stuart. I just wanted to say congratulations on your technology podcasts every month. I'm really enjoying them. And he says, keep up the great work from Martin Lawler. Many thanks, Martin and Luis. And guys, anybody who wants to get in touch is more than welcome to do so. If you have comments, if you have suggestions, if you have something you'd like to contribute, or you just want to say hello, send that email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. For many years, simple computing and easy-to-access software has been something that a lot of beginners in particular have wanted. And whilst there are solutions out there, and we've talked about them before on this podcast, one of the big problems is that they're not very scalable. So they allow you to do a certain amount, but when you want to go to the next level, there's a huge jump if you want to embrace the Windows ecosystem, or indeed the Mac ecosystem. Well, one of the big products at Site Village this year, and sadly I didn't get to Site Village, long, long story. And one that was talked about a lot on Twitter is a product called Lisi, and its designers, uh, Brian Harston and his partner Lulu, are on Skype joining me today. Guys, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining Hello, us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, very nice to have you both here. Um, Lulu, this was kind of your your baby, I guess, to start it with. Was my, it, was, it was one of those little sparks that goes off in the brain when you're sitting chilling of an evening and, and cracking of this and that, as they say. Um, we were sitting at home um, having a glass out of wine and Brian was saying, I, I, wish we had, I just want a new product project to get my teeth into. I, I want to do something new. What, what can I do? And I said, what you need to do, love, is get invent a product that everyone really, really wants and needs and nobody's thought of yet. Someone does something that's been wanting to be done for like years and years and years and he said, yeah, but what? And so we were just listening to music and suddenly the thought popped into my head. I said, what we want is a, something that will help you when you first turn on that new computer and you first have drawers installed, but you just don't know what else to do. Um, it's. I remember having my first computer, and it's just such a frightening experience. You might have had some training if you're lucky. Um, I had one day's training. That's all I could afford. Mm. But it, you know, it doesn't stick in your head. And you then go home. You maybe wait a day or two. You turn on that computer, and you think, what? What? No, what do I do? And you're so scared of breaking something. And I thought, what we want is something that will hold your hand as much as you need it to, and then will gently let go, prize you off, help you to learn, help you to grow, be there as much as you need it to, and then will encourage you to learn, as you say, the Windows ecosystem, and will gently fade into the background will be there whenever you need it and we'll have some really cool stuff that you can do in the meantime. It's really interesting you mentioned this idea of training and someone gets a new computer for the first time and maybe back in the days of Windows 95, 98, even XP, you had a nice structured menu system and, and it could be done. I wouldn't like to do it as a beginner now and say Windows 8. would be a nightmare. I'd be terrified. I'd yeah. be terrified. I've just recently um, transferred to Windows 7 
And even though I'm very experienced now, there are still times when I go, what do I do? Yeah. I'm living with a geek par excellence, thank heavens. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the help's there if I need it. But if I was, you know, if I wasn't, there are still times when I would be flummoxed, let me tell you. So you've, you've, you've sort of said this idea that it, it brings you step by step and gradually loosens the hand, if we want to yes. use that um, analogy. So you're, are you learning Windows concepts as you go along or are you kind of in this walled no. garden? You start in a very structured menu system. But there is a difference between it and some other menu systems you might have seen. First of all, from the moment that you get into Lisi's menu, it's very friendly with you. You are given a menu, but you are in control of it. You can press the up and down arrows to move through it, or you can use first letter navigation. And then you also, there is a key that you can press. So say you get into a menu and you think, well, what? What? What What do I do? There is... um, a key that you can press that you can always, always, wherever you are, get help at any time. Completely context-sensitive help. Um, Lisi will come with a daisy guide that you can play on a talking book player. Um, So you will always have um, a complete tutorial, a talking tutorial that you can use from the start so you'll know exactly where the help key is and you can get help from the beginning. The other thing is, of course, if you're a computer newbie, you might not be accustomed to the computer voice. Now, the bottom line is that you do need, in the end, to be able to understand text-to-speech voice. You know, you, you, know, you can't really live in, in, the, uh, in the computer world without being able to understand some degree of TTS engine. So, you know, we will help you to learn that. But at the beginning... We just thought it might be nice to have a human voice for you to listen to, to guide you through things. So Lisi actually speaks. When she says her first words to you, and subsequently, you'll hear a human voice. Okay, which which for a beginner, as you say, is really nice. Mm. Now, I'm thinking, and just before Lulu, and then we, we might bring Brian in to talk a bit Absolutely. more about the, how the project is, is uh, sorted. But I'm thinking, and there's probably lots of people listening going, yeah, but I'm a JAWS user already, so this is not really interesting for me. And then you told <laughs> me, and I saw on Twitter the other day, Lisi Advanced, and I was going, hang on, I think I'm going to buy this myself. Uh-huh. And one of the things that jumped out at me was Spotify access on my mm-hmm. computer. You threw that out there yesterday on Twitter, a bit of a teaser, I think. Absolutely. Um, um, what, so, so Lisi Advanced, what will that do for, you know, a, a rather advanced uh, Windows user? Lisi Advanced, um, for a start, you can turn the human voice off and use it completely with JAWS. You can take you can take or leave the menu system. Sometimes you, you will need to use it because if you want to do all the cool stuff that Brian's going to tell you about with Lisi, you, you need to get to the menus to, to be able to do it. But as soon as you want them away there's one simple keystroke and they'll go away and you're back in the jaw system that we all know and love there are also lots and lots and lots of really cool um, tools for working in different applications that brian will tell you more about in a moment that will make working in um all kinds of different applications that much simpler and easier whether you're at home at work studying um, they just save you just so 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 much time and if you ever do come that come across something that does have you flummoxed for a minute and think you think what what there is always the lease you help and it is always there for you um 
if there because of Windows Seven and Windows Eight, um, there are sometimes Windows controls that you come across that you might not know what they are. So if you ever do get stuck, it's always kind of comfortable to have the fact that there is some help there always for you if you ever need it. Yeah, and I suppose there there'll be people who will have, you know, over time grown into Lisi, switched off that voice, gone more into the Windows ecosystem. We're using that term a lot today, and suddenly they do need a bit of help, and they can Absolutely. press the Lisi help and, and um, back. you know, it does happen. You see something, George says something to you, and you don't understand what that is, and you think, uh? What? I've never seen that before. Press that key, you'll know what it is. You'll All right. know what to do. So it's very exciting. Um, Brian, one of the things I suppose I just want to, to clarify technically, first of all, Lisi is a product that works with JAWS, that's correct? At the moment, yes, it is. Um, it does work with JAWS. We hope that it will be JAWS 12 and above. Okay. Um, so if you don't have the latest and greatest, you'll still be able to enjoy what Lisi has to offer. Okay, so um, Lulu's talked to us about, I suppose, the two strands of Lisi. What what kind of um, functionality, let's say, is built into the beginner strand? What, what, what can we do at the moment? Well, let me um, take you through some of the options that are available on the menu. And then when you hear some of those, that might answer a little bit of your question about Lisi Advanced as well, because you'll think, oh, yes, I'd like to do some of these things. Okay. Okay. So when Lisi Basic, as you might term it, um, actually is, is running, when the machine starts, when Windows is fully loaded, you should hear something like this. Hi, I'm Lisi. What would you like to do? Write a document or letter? Okay, so I'm in the menu system now and I can arrow up and down. Now, it's important to say that we do use predominantly mainstream applications. We want people to use those because that's really what you're going to be using if you go into employment and that sort of thing. Um, So we have a simple menu of choices reflecting the tasks that a person would typically want to do with a computer. So the first item might be write a document or letter. Now, in that particular case, you would be using um, either Microsoft Word, preferably, or if you don't have that, you can use HJPad. Okay. But what happens is that where we have used a mainstream application, we've adapted it in some way. So we have our special Lisi overlay which goes on top of the word processor to allow you to do um, specific tasks. So when you get into uh, write a document or letter, for instance, uh, you might have things like, um, do you want to open a document? Do you want to create a letter based on your um, home address? Because you will have uh, told Lisi what that was. So there are all sorts of letter templates and things like that. But if I just arrow down the menu here, you'll get um, another overview of, uh, of what we have here. Check your email. So check your email. Surf the internet. Scan a document or PDF file. Listen to the radio. So we have our own radio player. Read talking books. Read audible books. Open Lisi Connect. Now, Lisi Connect is our own application. And again, Lisi Advanced users might want to use this. It's an address book, but it's, it's much more than that. It is a central repository for anything you want, might, might want to store about a person. So not only the address from which you can create a letter and so on, but also phone numbers, 
which can be called directly from Skype if necessary, Twitter usernames, because some of those can be quite uh, difficult to remember sometimes. Right. Um, and, and various other things as well. You can edit the contact entries, you can delete them, you can do whatever you want with them. Op- open Lisi search. Okay. So that wasn't Lisi stuttering there. That was because we dismissed an option just okay. a moment ago and I arrowed back up and down. But you're here how responsive she is okay when i do that so lisi search is really cool and it has the potential to be even better so at the moment you can search any one of three online book catalogs because you know what it's like Stuart. you go to a website you have to find the edit box you have to type in what you want and then you have all the problem of finding where the results start well, with this, you can search at the moment the RNIB uh, book catalogue, uh, Bookshare, and also Audible. And the way it works is it asks you for pieces of information. We, we kind of were taming the internet here. Uh, we're making it easy for people to use. So it asks you for the book author, maybe the title, a keyword. Then it quickly analyzes the website in the background to determine what sort of information, whether the results are available or not. And if they are, it'll bring it back to you. And let's say um, you're on the Audible website, it sets focus to the relevant area of the page, and you see there's a book by, I don't know, Dick Francis or Jeffrey Archer. Mm. You can press a keystroke. You don't have to open the page to get the summary. It'll get it right there for you. So you can listen to it. If you don't like that, you just narrow down to the next result and so on. Open the Lisi Diary. The Lisi Diary is um, it's a simple calendar. I've been training people in computing for a long time. And often what people say is, oh, I'd love to be able to use a calendar because, you know, a lot of them are so clunky and difficult to, to get around. So this is a very straightforward calendar. We have things like the Lisi Clock, which is a full talking clock and stopwatch um we have uh, we, we have various other facilities i've mentioned the radio player and the, all that sort of thing when you go into one of the menu items Stuart, you're you're often presented with a sub menu and this will be relative to the topic that you've chosen now if you don't want to look at the submenu, if you've changed your mind, and this occurs throughout the whole of the Lisi menu system, you just hit the escape key and you go back a level. It's a bit like the back button in the iOS operating system. Okay. It just takes you back a level in the menu structure. Um, so before any other questions, can I just quickly demonstrate the, um, the, the help that's available? Please, Absolutely. Um, because the context-sensitive help um, is is really cool because it uses our own player, just like the radio player. And the great thing is, Stuart, you can not only adjust the volume of the help, but you can also pause the help if you want to. Okay, so let me just go back up here. Oh, oh, read talking books. Listen to the radio. Scan and surf the internet. Okay, if I press enter. Just a moment. Store this page. Open a web page. Okay, so we've got open a web page. Store this page as a leasy cut. Now, a leasy cut is uh, like a shortcut. It's equivalent to a favourite to a website. View your leasy cuts. So we're going to view the leasy cuts here. 
List one, list two, the new web track sample call tracking system. Okay, so here we are on the um, on the Lisi cut that I've stored. I'm going to press enter. Lisi, please wait. The new web track sample call tracking system. New tab. Now, this is a form that was actually designed by Freedom Scientific, and it has lots of different form fields on here. So I'm going to press the letter C. Account information ordered products. Extended select list box. Insert F1L. Now this is what is called a multiple selection list box. And some people have never come across these before. They don't know how to interact with them. But I'm going to press the Lisi help key. This is a multiple selection list box. It is sometimes called an extended selection list box. It allows you to make more than one choice. First, activate Forms mode by pressing Enter. Okay, so I've paused it there. I'm going to press Enter. Forms mode on. New tab page. All right, so Forms mode is now on. Now I can continue the help. Next, press Shift F8 to activate Extended Selection mode. And we can go on through that if we want to. So you're pausing step by step, then you're in the next instruction and continuing. There's almost an element of training there, right? There Definitely. is, absolutely. And that's what, uh, that's what the player is all about because we really want people to be able to learn and get, um, get more thorough with the Windows operating system if they can. The other thing to say is that Lisi is extremely responsive and if you don't want her to talk, you can just press the control key and she'll be quiet instantly. Um, Brian, when you're, when you're using product, uh, something like, for example, you mentioned Word, you might be writing a letter. I'm assuming at that point the Lisi voice kind of turns off and JAWS does its thing as you type. Uh, sometimes, yes. Um, when when she's in a, a sub-menu, um, asking whether you want to open a document or write a letter, that sort of thing, uh, she is going to speak in the human voice. But anything which potentially could change uh, will be, of course, using the JAWS voice. Because the, um, let's say you get into uh, a list of documents that you've created on the machine. Um, Obviously, Lisi won't know what they are, so we can't um, um, make her speak there. So it will be the JAWS voice. But as Lulu said earlier, that's good because what it's doing is it's gently, gently introducing you to the way that JAWS speaks. Okay, skip us forward, if you if you would, to the, the person who's been, you know, you and I, Brian, have been using JAWS for a long time. Um, what might we like to do with Lisi? And is there, when you're, let's say, in terms of the product, do we still get the whole thing or can we just buy a Lisi advanced packet or, or is it all part of the one thing? No, you, you'll, you'll buy the whole thing because potentially there might be a situation uh, where you might want a little bit of Lisi help, for instance. Okay. Okay. And and obviously, um, the whole menu structure, as Lulu said earlier, uh, you would need to access some of the, the, the cool components that we have. So if you were... Um, if you were an advanced user, you definitely might want to use Lisi Search, for instance, because that has the potential, and we were talking about this at Site Village, of doing much more than what it's doing at the moment. So, for example, Amazon searches, uh, searches for in, in supermarkets, that sort of thing. So you might want to use that. Um, assuming that um, we can uh, get access to things like uh, Spotify, uh, we've mentioned the ki- uh, Amazon's Kindle for the PC, maybe, and lots of other applications that we're thinking about. In terms of everyday work situations, definitely I would use Lisi Connect because it's it's so easy to use and you can quickly store information. We have the ability, for example, to select text easily. 
Um, so you mark the start and the end points of the text, and the text between the two points is selected. And that works um, JAWS has it to what I would suggest is a rudimentary level. You mm. can do that by default with JAWS in um, uh, virtual environments and also in um, uh, applications like Microsoft Word. But what you can't do is do it in text files. You can't do it in Mozilla Thunderbird, for instance, and various other environments. So you, you can do that uh, with Lisi. The other thing, just as a highlight, and there are lots of things, is something called Lisi Points. Now, I'm a great fan of this particular feature because um, Lisi Points can be set. They're a bit like bookmarks, but they're much more than that. You can set them up in uh, Microsoft Word, and it's particularly helpful there, and also on the Internet. Let me explain quickly what the differences would be. Not only can you set up multiple Lisi points per application, but in the case of Microsoft Word, when you uh, set a bookmark ordinarily, either with JAWS or with Word um, as an application, it is relative to where the cursor is at the time. It's not actually relative to the text. Now, by its very nature, Stuart, Word is a word processor, okay? So you're adding things to the document. You're deleting things. Yeah. And so um, the, the bookmark, as it, as it would be, um, won't remember your place exactly. Now, a leasy point will do that. So you can um, set, set it relative to the text. And assuming that text is there, of course, so it can find it again, um, you're able to go right back there. You can set several leasy points per document. Now, in the case of the web, I think this is really important, particularly in employment situations, because what you can do is you can instruct JAWS to, um, through a leasy point, to look out for specific text on a page. Now, this is essential, really, because more and more applications in the workplace are becoming browser-based. And so what you want to do um, in order to be efficient in your job, you want to be alerted um, when particular um, text is present on a page rather than having to go finding it. Because if you're visually impaired, you have to employ a certain amount of logic when you want to find something. Um, so you go to a page, let's say it's a database and you think, well, um, this person is um, uh, that the, the record relates to, uh, they're dangerous in some way, or there is information about this person I need to find. And you have to use the JAWS find, you might not get there, and so on. A leasy point will immediately say to you, yes, this text is on this page. So there are a lot of things. There are utilities for Dropbox. Um, there's going to be a little HTML composer, um, so you can easily create web pages. Uh, there's a ton of things, really. It, it sounds, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm also conscious that we're still in relatively early stages in terms of this product's development, yes, and you're already yes. well underway. I mean, it's, it's quite exciting. That's what I find really, really exciting about this whole thing. Um, we're doing such a lot. We're still buzzing, buzzing with ideas all the time, and we are right at the beginning. Are you guys confident that a beginner user could kind of get this installed and, and pretty much get going straight away? Would there be some training required, or, or is it going to be very, very straightforward? Well, I would say it's going to be very straightforward, and if it isn't, we've, in, in part, we've failed. 
Um, we need input, obviously, from trainers. And I have to say, we've had quite a bit of interest from uh, well-respected organizations, both in the UK and the US, uh, about Lease You are very keen to see it, very keen to suggest ideas and so on. So hopefully, uh, yes, they will be able to do that. Um, training will be available. And the good thing is that um, training will be available remotely. So you don't have to pay out hundreds of pounds or dollars in order to get some training. As Lulu said, it will come with a Getting Started Audio Daisy uh, book as well. And you heard um, uh, Lisi say there, as I was going through the menu, read talking books. So you can, you can read Daisy books directly from it, or you can put the book on a portable player if that's what you want to do. So you will get that. And there will be more comprehensive documentation if you want to go uh, more deeply into it. Guys, this is the question everyone leaves till the end. And I'm conscious the product is not ready yet. So you may not have an exact price, but roughly, can you give us a sense of what we're talking? We expect it to be around £150. Wow. Um, I have to say that there are modules which you will be able to get with it. Very cheap modules, but things where we've maybe had to... Uh, work directly with outside agencies to provide the core components. So there are two I'm thinking of in particular. Uh, there is one um, uh, uh, scanning module. You heard it say uh, scan a document or PDF file. Yeah. So uh, there, there is a scanning engine which needs to be licensed uh, separately, and that will be around about £50. Um, and there is an option on the main menu as well called improve your keyboard skills. And that works directly with uh, the typeability typing tutor that you may have heard of from Yes Accessible. Now, the cool thing is that if those components are not on the machine, you're not going to get them on the main menu. So a new user isn't going to press enter on that thinking that they've got it when they actually haven't. But £150, pretty much, for all you've shown us in the last 20 or so minutes. Absolutely, Absolutely. yes. Yes, indeed. You certainly can't argue with that. Uh, Brian and Lulu, uh, first of all, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to us. Um, I'm I'm very excited because I genuinely, when I heard about it first, I I thought, oh, this is great for beginners. But I didn't, I have to say, didn't really pay much attention and kind of said, we must feature it in the podcast. But for me personally, I wouldn't be uh, very interested. Now I'm thinking I'm wanting to sign up, you know. So cool. (laughs) cool. Well, we've convinced. You've sold it there. (laughs) Um, Guys, we'll check in with you maybe near to November just to see how it's going on. But for the moment, Thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you very much, Stuart. Now, if you use Facebook, you may occasionally be frustrated by updates to the official iOS Facebook app, where some things work, some things don't, and some things just never change. I know I feel like that regularly, so I was interested to hear about a new app that allows you to access Facebook called Soundface, and we're delighted to be joined on Skype from Holland by Maria De La Quinte, uh, who's part of a, a company who's developing this app. Maria, welcome to our technology podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much. (laughs) Nice to be here. Okay, so the app sounds interesting. I I haven't uh, tried it yet, by the way, I have to confess before we start. Um, Tell us, first of all, what what gave you the idea? What's uh, what's the background to the app? Um, Well, we are a sound company. We do everything related to sound. 
So we wanted to start on the mobile business. Now the app industry is huge. So we saw that opportunity. And so reading on yeah, the Googling on internet and checking forums about what the people need, we saw that the blind people community is huge. And they are really facing issues when they have to deal with internet and mainly when they have to do it with the device, with the phone device. So they were asking for a solution for Facebook because they weren't very happy with the way that Facebook did. So we just started to do it. We thought it was, it was going to be great. So what does the app do at the moment? Uh, you know, if, if we install it and how much can I do on Facebook with, with your app? Yeah, we try to make it. Well, sorry, I was uh, starting using it now. <laughs> I don't know if you hear it. Okay, we hear it in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we try to make it simple in this first um, release that we launch. So you can you can interact with Facebook, but with less options uh, now. For example, you can read your wall. You can read the comments that the people. Uh, it's it's writing on your wall, and also you can see the timeline and post on both on the um, on every or every question they do to you or every post they write to you. So you what? can you can uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, you can browse your own timeline, I suppose, and see what your friends have written on their walls, and then interact with their individual walls. Is that correct? Yeah, and also on the main wall. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but we divide it into pieces, so it's going to be easier for uh, blind people to use it. It's more user-friendly. Okay. What about things like, you know, checking in and, and maybe, you know, using, using messages or maybe, you know, um, tagging people? Is that possible at the moment? Not at the moment. That's something that we are working in. Okay. So oh, we want to, we are still working on it, so we will launch future releases and and these are some of the things that we are doing now now i noticed there when you just launched it and we heard it in the background um it, it seems to have its own speech or was that just welcoming us to the app are you using are you using it with in conjunction with the voiceover screen reader or does this actually self-voice uh we are now we are using an external voiceover but we are working on our own okay so at the moment when you run the app you're using uh, voiceover, it, it it already works with voiceover. Is that correct? Yeah, but it's not voiceover. It's, it's not uh, voiceover. Okay, so it's another one. Yeah. Okay, so when you run the app, if you're already using voiceover, do you need to disable voiceover, or does that happen automatically? No, it happens automatically. Okay. All right. Brilliant. You mentioned, for example, check in and and messaging, or maybe tagging people. Are there other things that you can't do with the app at the moment that you're working on? Um. Yeah. For example, the chat. Chat is not possible to use it right now. Okay. It's, uh, something that we are preparing for the second version, or for example, the, um, to to write with the with your own voice. You you still need to use a keyboard. Okay, so you can't use dictation at the moment. Yeah, it's gonna be like soon also. Okay, so at the moment you use the on-screen keyboard or maybe an external device if you're using that already. Yeah, but the good thing is that um, when you're using Facebook app you need to adapt to the way the, um, the designer prepared for people with not side issues. Mm -hmm. So in this moment, what you have is a layer that is working to make it user-friendly for, for blind people. 
So okay. the design is completely different. So when you open the app, you you change also the you open it in horizontal. So you are using it like easier for a person to use it with side uh, issues and and I really think the the best thing to know how it works is to use it. Is to try it out yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you will see you have a um, audio guide that will make it even easier to use and. It's really, really user-friendly. It has nothing to do with the actual ways of using Facebook, as you may know. So the, the, the audio guide you mentioned obviously can be activated from within the app. It's a kind of a, an online help uh, system. Yeah, okay. yeah it's an it's a option that is always available. Okay. So it, the, uh, the app is, is released. What are people saying about it? What kind of feedback are you getting at the moment? <laughs> at this moment, it's very funny because uh, what we are thing is that the people is requesting to have it in Spanish. Okay. They, they don't understand why if we are in a Spanish company, we don't have it in Spanish yet. But it is because we are working on the, in our own sound system. So it's, it's going to be launched really soon. Okay. Um, so now uh, you have it for in French, in English, in Portuguese, in uh, German, and yeah, in Italian, and we're working on the Spanish one. So you're on so five Sp- languages already? Yeah, yeah. Very good. And it's been quite popular in Japan, actually. Okay. Uh, And is it, is it, uh, obviously it's available on the App Store. Is it free or paid? Uh, Now we have a symbolic rate. We are looking for uh, sponsors and people to help us to continue developing the app. Okay. So, so, so for the end user who wants to buy it at the moment, do they pay or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, But it's just zero. 89. Okay, 89 cents on the App Store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the app is called Soundface, mm-hmm. available on the App Store. You're obviously, you're already talking about things you want to do in the future. So I'm assuming from that, and, and you're working on um, the additional languages, I'm assuming from that, that the updates are going to be quite regular. Yeah. Okay, yeah, brilliant. I hope so. And uh, um, at the moment, it has its own external screen reader, and it will automatically disable voiceover. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Maria, thank you very much for chatting to us. I hope people check it out on the App Store. It's called Soundface, a new and different way to use Facebook. So, uh, Maria De La Quente, thanks for chatting to us today. <laughs> thanks very much for coming. Many thanks there to Maria De La Quente, uh, telling us all about the Soundface app for iOS. Uh, if anyone has tried that out, by the way, and you'd like to uh, talk about it or indeed demonstrate it, demonstrate it even, um, please send an email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. We love to get your product reviews and um, thoughts, etc. That's just about it. Thanks to all our contributors for this month, including Kerry Doyle, Eric Damery, Brian Hartston, and Lulu, and of course, Maria De La Quente. Join us in September when amongst other things we'll be telling you about a new Android app called Blind Shell and we're talking to James Gashel about the new KNFB reader for iOS until then this is Stuart Lawler saying thank you for listening take care and goodbye